0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Amen. Thanks so much. Sure guys, New Year. New decade, how's that? Hectic stuff, hey? Yo. Um, so, is, is this now, are we coming into the 20s again? So t- hopefully not going to confuse too many of us. I don't know how many of us have been in the previous 20s. So we'll be alright. But um, I hope you've, most of you have had some rest We had a great time on the farm with family. Then, what's great about the farm is that, um, except for meal times, there's nothing much else that you have to rush to get to, and there's no. uh, So it's a a great place to just switch off. Family uh, of us have a farm up in a freight and a towel, but at the same time, you're also aware of the stresses and the realities of farm life as well. So that was um, that was great. Anyways, the kids loved it and. We had a great time there. Really thankful for that. And uh, the other good thing about the farm is you, there's not much you can spend money on there, except getting except getting there. But uh, that's another blessing of, of, a, of a good holiday. Uh, we we just when was it a day or so ago? Uh, we we just mentioned that it's it's Anna's birthday soon, and and then Emily said, "What should we get? What should we get, Mama?" You know. And then she started making suggestions. Now, this is Emily. Okay, so I think because of her being four, she's immediately thinking of the things she likes. She said, maybe some lipstick. She said, <laughs> or makeup. Maybe we should get mom some makeup. Um, and why did she, maybe she said uh, stuff for her hair. Anyway, she was immediately thinking, that's the best gift ever. We must get that stuff for mom. In any case, I had such a chuckle. Because that's clearly what she, she likes to receive as a gift. Anyways, um, sure. So I've got a couple of thoughts. So let's just pray as we get into the word this morning. Father, we thank you for this new year. We thank you, God, for this amazing opportunity that we have to come together as, as a family, as a church family, Lord. We thank you that you have not left us orphans. Thank you that you sent your son and you sent your spirit, Lord, that you are here with us and that you've given us your word, oh Lord, and this morning we humbly come and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd lead us into truth, that you would direct us, that you would be our teacher, and we ask, Lord, that you transform us to be more like your son in Jesus' name. We ask, Lord, that your name will be glorified in this place and that as we walk from this place that you'll... Kingdom would be established in our lives and through our lives, God, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. So I want us to read from um, Chapter Three. Now, this is. Um, Moses has passed away. The nation of Israel is, is just about to enter into the Promised Land. They're just about to enter into a new season. It's a completely new time for them as a nation. After 40 years of, of traveling through the desert, of kind of wrestling through a lot of things, they are now, at the, on the, you know, just, just, just about to enter this completely new phase. Um, and let's just quickly read here what Joshua tells them. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan here, and all the people of Israel lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as seen, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place to f- and follow it in order that you may know the way you shall, you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. And then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And that yeah, we're at the beginning of a new year, um, not necessarily a new season for, for many of us. It's one of those things we need to get our heads around, that God's seasons and his, the times and his seasons and are not bound to our calendar year, surprisingly enough, you know, so, um, but we're at the beginning of a new year, often, and you know, with our thoughts work like that, and our calendars work like that, but we're also at the beginning of this new decade, and um, and I have in my heart this morning that we have a look at what are the things that, what does it look like to, to live a life that is consecrated to the Lord, that is at the, you know, start of a new, there's often time things, and Maybe reevaluate some things, and um, so what does it look like? What does a consecrated life look like? And yeah, from in the nation of Israel, this count here, they they're about to enter in, and Joshua, well, the, the command comes through the the officers and says that this is a this way we haven't been this way before, this is a new territory, and I suppose that count that you know that's true for us. We we don't know what lies ahead. We we like to know that we do, but we don't know. Um, And this is another reason to to really be completely dependent upon the Lord in terms of our planning and our consecration, because we have not been this way before. But he has gone before us. I mean, he has repaired the way. So he says, you have not passed this way before. Um, And then just before that, they say that as soon as they see the Ark of the Covenant moving as soon as I see the priest carrying it well so basically I was telling them when you see God moving you need to follow him amen so right here at the beginning of this year how do we make sure that we are that our hearts and our minds our thoughts are consecrated or ready to see oh when God is moving and to follow him because we have not been this way before, although we know God has gone before us, we need to follow Him in this in this new year. And then, it, then He says this very powerful thing: He says, "Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you." And um, he, he, in some ways, I'm sure He was referring to the miracle that the Lord was, would, be, would do the next day in separating the waters of the Jordan for them to pass through. But even just the 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 whole act of them following the presence of God through the water and into the, his promise, into his uh, His legacy for them, his, his promised land that they've been looking forward to for so long. But then he says, before you do that, consecrate yourselves. Before we go into this new season, before we see God do all these wonders among us, let's consecrate ourselves. And so I want to, at the beginning of this year, um, you know, there's, a, there's an excitement in our hearts that we would excitement the goodness of God that we would taste and see that He is good again this year. That we would, you know, there's an excitement in terms of what is He going God going to do in, in our lives, but also, you know, souls that are going to be saved this year. Isn't that exciting? To to think of many people that will encounter Christ for the first time this year those that will start a walk with him, those that will grow, you know. So there's an expectation in our hearts. There's an, maybe you're in an exciting phase in your studies or in your work and you're looking forward to something or you're expectant and you're expecting God or you're trusting for miracles, you're trusting for God to do wonders. As you read now, Joshua says, Let's, before we do that, before we go and run into the wonders and the miracles that God has prepared for us, let us consecrate ourselves. I just want to quickly read a, a, a definition here. Briefly, there's a couple of them. Um, to consecrate means to give entirely to a specific person, activity, or cause. The sacred part of consecrate comes from the Latin sacre, which means sacred. And something Consecrated is dedicated to God and thus sacred. Another one up here says, this is, a, this is not a, a biblical definition, it's just a random one. Consecrate means to make holy or to dedicate to a higher purpose. To be set apart, to to be set aside for a specific use, specific purpose. What does that mean? I'm just going to look at a few thoughts, and I want us to spend some time at the end to pray together. We've got, um, we're going to take communion together, and I'm just in groups uh, and in, in families, I'd like us to take a few moments at the end to, to pray and to say, Lord, we, we want to consecrate ourselves to you this year. We want to take some time to set ourselves apart for, for, your, for your kingdom, for your sake, for your purposes. Let's have a look at the next verse here briefly. <clears throat> and um, in terms of the life of Jesus, we see this often in his life. We see him setting himself apart. We see him going to, the, to one side. Um, you know, there's various times, when we, we, it's, even, even as a boy, you know, in the temple when, when his parents were going back home and he was still in the temple and they, they were looking for him and he was surprised when they were looking for him. He said, this is, surely this is where I should be. Um, uh, so let's read from Mark 1, verse 35. It says, And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And uh, we see this pattern through the life of Christ. Um, you know, before you, you called the first disciples, you see him going away and spending most of the night praying, hearing from the Father, in- inquiring of the Lord. And at one point he makes a very powerful statement. says, "I only do what I see the Father doing. I only do what, I, what, the, what the, the instructions I receive and the example that I receive from my Father." So Jesus' life was, from the get-go, a hundred percent consecrated one. Even even with the understanding that it was going to end in the in the, the greatest sacrifice anyone could ever give, he com- he stayed. Absolutely s- consecrated and dedicated to this one purpose—that what the, the reason why he came to the earth—and we see this in his life in these patterns of going aside to pray, going in the night to pray, going on a mountain high place to pray this time, going to a desolate place. So uh, I don't know if you—you need to go and find a desolate place. <laughs> That uh, a place where there's quiet, a place where there's peace, a place where, we can, where you can take time to, to press into his presence. So we see this in the life of Christ. And I just want to lay a bit of a foundation, one or two scriptures. Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do. And to work for His good pleasure. That we would realize that as we as we working out our salvation, as Paul encourages the Philippians here, that that there's a there's a is a, a place of consecration where we say, "In this year, Lord, I want to grow. I want to become more like Christ. I want to work out my salvation." It, in this, what ch- always challenges me about the Scripture is that it is not a uh, that happens by accident as i'm just drifting along the stream of life or as i'm just cruising through the year this seems to be me like a very deliberate action say lord i'm consecrating myself and i want to work out my salvation i've set before into what you've prepared i want to take a hold of what you have set before me and my family this year before us as a church family um because it is it says it is God who works in you the will and both to the to the desire and the, the ability to do his will. To will and to do his good pleasure. So at the beginning of this year, are we are we really are we pressing into him to continue that deliberate process of saying, Lord, I want to grow, I want to press into you. And uh, the thing that, uh, that challenged me as I was praying through this was as we, you know, <laughs> rush through life, this is another thing of the farm life. Eh? It just helps you to to realize, you know, it's not necessary to rush and run off to stuff the whole time. Although there's a lot to be done, lots of work happening. Obviously, they're a little bit slower this time of the year, but um, still, you know, the stuff that must happen every day. But uh, just that, that place of quieting down, of being able to take stock of what is important and what is uh, what is of value. It's, we spent a great time with family, some family that we don't see that often, some of the German side, so, so I don't know how to put up with a lot of Germans and a lot of uh, German speaking in between, you know, but... Uh, and the kids hopefully picked up some German, you never know. But um along the way there's always opportunities to to share testimonies, to to minister here and there. So we had a, some great opportunities and some some great conversations. Um but just to, to be able to to slow down and to to realize that as we run through life, you know this oh, this is the thing I was gonna say. Uh we run through life, it's so easy to, to come to a place where you realize, sure, I, yes, I want to consecrate, I, I, I want to live a consecrated life, and then you think about it a bit, you meditate bit, and you realize, well, I did, I used to live a consecrated life, but what, what is there in my life that I should consecrate again? What is there that I should bring to the Lord again? What is there that, that I should say, Lord, sure, I've, I've maybe in this area of my life, I've I've lost track of, of your will and your purpose and your voice. And I want to consecrate it to you once more. And I want to encourage you, if you're going through a major, maybe a life phase change, or you're starting a job, or you from going from studying to working, those are the times that we would say, Lord, we, we consecrate ourselves again. Maybe you're just uh, starting a family Consecrating ourselves, say, Lord, I I, want to live a consecrated life. I want to, we as a family are set apart for your purpose. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, some translations say to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith, and a faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection from the dead, and of eternal judgment. So the writer to the Hebrews here is saying, these are some very elementary principles that we should have, you know, we should, we should try and grow beyond them. <laughs> so he's saying here some few things here that often we find challenging, but he says it's very elementary and basic. So he says that the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. Now he's referring to i'm sure of putting our faith in christ in other words not being saved through dead works but putting our faith in christ but at the same time in the time of consecration at the time of the beginning of the year this is a great time to say lord i want to i want to get rid of the dead works that is that are cluttering my life what are the things that i am dedicated to what are the things that i am spending time on or that i'm Pursuing that are actually not of God. They could be very blessed and very good and on, on many levels could be great things. But what are the things that I should reduce or spend less time on this year? And I really encourage you. This is a great time to to, to take stock and say, Lord, where should I cut out dead works from my life? Convict me. Show me what are the dead branches. What are the, the things that I should be... Um, getting out of working out of my life amen and to 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 position ourselves to grow beyond the basics into what he has prepared for us now i just want to mention a few basics and then we're going to pray together and the firstly if we think about how how do we consecrate ourselves how do we live a consecrated life i find often a consecration starts right here hey in between the ears in the heart What's going on in my mind? What's going on in my thoughts? In my, in my, in my uh, heart? And because that, that is what will kind of guide the rest. Isn't it right? That's what the scripture says. What, what the heart is full of, well, the mouth will flow, well, it will flow out of the mouth. So there's a, there's a, how do we, when we come to a place of consecration in terms of our thoughts and our heart, the rest is easier. Um, Proverbs 16. Actually, no, let's not get to that first. we we'll, Actually, let's read it while we're at it. 16 verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. So even as we commit our works, even as we commit and de- consecrate ourselves to the Lord in these things, it says here, your thoughts will be established. I've often seen that the patterns that we Experience in our hearts and our thoughts flow over; well, it, they do flow over into what we do and what we say. So our consecration starts in our in our minds. And I was I was look I was watching at the uh, um he was. I think uh, Philip mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Reinhard Bonker passed away about a month ago, least a month, and uh, the great German evangelist. Who started Christ for All Nations? And uh, I had a privilege of meeting him. Uh, Philip and I, and a few of the chauffeur guys, went to one of his crusades years ago. And uh, I was watching his memorial service yesterday. Um, They had a live stream. I I didn't catch it at the right time, but I was watching it a bit later. And uh, what uh, I, was, I, I didn't see the whole thing; it was quite long. But I was skipping through it a bit. And I, what I noticed about the one guy was his, his assistant. He worked with quite closely. He said when he started working for for Reinhardt, he he had always had this feeling that he knew what he was thinking. Because you know, he <laughs> uh, obviously he's a great man of God, great discernment, and operating in the gifts of word of knowledge and that kind of thing a lot. So he always thinking yo. Oh, it's, 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 it's hard enough to really watch what you say around people, but now he was thinking, now I have to watch what I think, you know? Because <laughs> he always had this feeling that this guy was, knew exactly what he was thinking, you know? So I thought, well, that's actually not a bad thing, because, you know, if if we live a consecrated thought life, it it's exactly like that, because God sees our thoughts even before we think them. He, he knows our words, He knows our dreams, He knows our deepest thoughts, uh, meditations in our, in our heart. Um, and a consecrated thought life means being aware that he's in my thought life. Christ is part of my thought life. Amen? And uh, just oh, something that I remembered when we met Reinhard Bonnke, you know, I, I was thinking, well, what a legacy. Did you, Have you heard some of the stats? So over, he, he was 79 when he passed away. I think his ministry spent about a span of what, over 50 years of ministry. And in the, in, the, in the ministry of Christ for all nations, they what they used to do, or well, they still do, is they record decisions for Christ. So when they have these massive meetings, people respond to the, to the gospel. They raise their hands, and each one receives a, a booklet with a decision card at the back. Uh, so they fill in the decision card, they give it back, and then they, they keep the little booklet, which helps them through some basic steps, and as they're being followed up by the local church, so they then collect these decision cards, and that gives them a quite a decent, and you know, obviously not 100% accurate, but but a decent um, indication of how many people have actually made a decision to follow Christ. And um, over the you know over the years of ministry up to now, they've. Had over seventy nine million decisions for Christ from their outreaches. and it's just crazy to think that in his seventy nine years on earth, they've reached seventy nine million. I don't know about you, but I am a couple. I am a couple of million behind. So, but uh, there is time. There's still time, man. I am not seventy nine yet. So it, but but, well, how challenging is that? Um, now, we're not all called to be evangelists that preach at a million people at a time, but still, that I remember one of the things that really struck me when meeting him was this consecration, this single-minded dedication to this thing that he knew God had called him to do, and that is to preach the gospel in Africa. So he did preach in other parts of the world, but he was absolutely focused in his pursuit of the call of God for him to minister in Africa, and I remember the one time we, we were leaving the hotel, going to the Crusade ground. Um, we, we had these big motorcades, and and we had to just be ready, and in our, you know, of a little van. And then when he would come out, they would all, you know, everybody. The Secret Service was there, the Nigerian Secret Service. They were there to protect him, and then we would all, you know, jump in the cars and then leave. Um, so we were waiting in the car, and then. I had to run to the loose. So I ran inside just the lobby there in the towel went to the bathroom. And as I come out, uh, Ronald Bonker was coming down the corridor from his room. You know, in the afternoons, we'd see, him in the, we'd see him in the mornings at breakfast, and we'd have devotions together with the team. Really great privilege to spend such a lot of time together. It was a very small crusade in their eyes, only about 200,000 people, um, which was very small. But uh, so that meant there was a small team there, a small group of people. So we actually were very privileged to, to spend some really good time with the team. So after breakfast, we had devotions, and we had lunch. And then he would disappear to his room to pray. And the whole, most of the afternoon, he would be preparing, spending time in the presence of God. And he would come out with this list of stuff that God said he must pray for and sicknesses and diseases and conditions <laughs> But I saw him as he was coming down the corridor, and <laughs> I will never forget this moment in my life. I looked into his, because he was quite a, quite a chill guy, obviously very focused, not big, small talk type of person. But when I looked, when I saw his eyes, when he came down there, it was scary how focused he was. You could see him coming from the presence of God, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of God. And he's ready to take on every demon and devil, everything in his way that is buying people and keeping them from salvation. And he was absolutely focused on what he had to do. I will never forget that. And everybody was like just getting out of his way because he was just marching down this corridor, you know, getting in the car and then going to... To plunder hell, as he said it, and populate heaven. You could see, it was like he was going to war. Absolute consecration, dedication. And then he would take that list, and uh, obviously you can't lay hands on everybody in the the 200,000 or million strong crowd. So he would just say, listen, wherever you are in the crowd, just put your hand, put your own hand, lay hands on yourself, put your own hand where the problem is. And he would just read down the list like this, what the list that the Holy Spirit gave him. And he would address each one of those conditions. And people would be healed instantaneously. You know, they would pass the wheelchairs to the front. There would be a pile of wheelchairs. Yeah, a pile of crutches there. Unbelievable. But yes, very believable at the same time. Amen. But in any case, the, he lived an absolutely consecrated life. Absolutely focused on what God had called him to do. All right, I'm going to hurry through the rest now. So we can spend some time to pray. Um, So our thought life being consecrated and our thought life being consecrated in what we allow in our hearts and minds. Guys, I'm going to let's, I'm going to, I'll rush through the rest, but this is the most important. If we are not aware and if we're not paying attention to what is in our hearts and in our minds, that you, you, you basically a (laughs) non-starter. That is the most important, what you believe about what God has called you to do, about your situation, about your family, about your marriage. Whatever you, what you believe about it and then what you say about it is of absolutely crucial importance. So let's consecrate our thoughts and our hearts, our emotions to the Lord. At the beginning of this, say, Lord, deliver me from, from fear. Deliver me from chaos in my mind. Deliver me from confusion in my mind. Amen. Deliver me from uh, anything that is bringing chaos in my thoughts. And then that goes into uh, what we say. How, how do we live a consecrated life, and what comes out of our mouth? Am I am I speaking life, or am I declaring death over situations? It's always the challenge when we're amongst a group, a big group of people, or amongst people that are necess- not necessarily believers. It's always people speaking death. And then I, you know, I just gently say, yeah, I, I don't agree. I, and then I say the opposite, <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to make sure that we can speak life. Amen? Romans 6.13 says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, But now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Some translations speak of of committing my members, every member of who I am, every part of who I am, as slaves to righteousness. Uh, We used to be enslaved to sin, now we are slaves to righteousness. Give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So, those thoughts and those words turn into actions, um, into our work, our relationships, how we spend our time. This is always a big one. I want to encourage us as we pray now at the end to take, to take time. Say, Lord, are we my schedule, my time, stuff that we are so tense about these days? My money, my resources, I consecrate it to you. I give it to you completely. So we were, just before we left to the farm, we were doing some last-minute shopping. Some from my aunt on the farm. She she had a few very weird, specific things she was looking for that she can't find there where they live. So we were going all over and looking at different shops. And we went to the Kodak shop there in the Grove. And uh, they didn't have what we were looking for, David and I. He was helping me. Um, In any case, uh, then we went to a couple of different shops. But she had another option for us, so we went back there, this this lady. And uh, as I was busy paying, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly to me and said that that this lady needs some encouragement because she's really, really worried about her son. And uh, immediately I thought, probably... You know, a son that's, you know, living a wayward life type of thing on something like that. And I, I thought, and I said to her, listen, I'm, I, I feel the Lord is saying that, you know, that you are very stressed or worried about your son. And I want to just take, I want to just encourage you. And if if you'd like, let me, I'd like to pray with you. And you could see she was very, she was quite startled. And she said, yes, she has a son. And she's, she's very, worries <laughs> so shame and uh, she said she to quickly help a customer and then she was she had a moment and we went to the side and then the, she shared that she was hiv positive and she had just a few months ago had a beautiful baby boy and she was just so racked with worry about his health and he had already had one test which was negative uh, but he was going to have some more and uh, she asked for us, if we could pray. And the Robert and I could lay hands on her and prayed for her, and we prayed for her son. Um, but what a just encouraged me again that even as we do our shopping, even as we go our daily walk, there are people that are in desperate need of Christ's love. Amen. And for us to be able to hear what the Holy Spirit says and be honest, there's many times where I'm stressed or the kids are stressing me out, especially if you're shopping with kids. It's not easy. That's where I wouldn't go with more than one unless I have a big trolley. I just stick them all in the trolley and I strap them down. And then you just kind of do what you need to do. But, um, but yeah, so yes, we have those moments. But what a blessing if we can be at a place where we can hear what the Spirit says now. We need to encourage or pray or say hi or whatever He needs us to do. Amen? The consecration in our thoughts which leads to a place of being available to, to have a consecrated life in terms of what we do. Even, You know, I could have easily said, Yo, I'm such a rush now. I've got so much still to do. I don't have time for this now. But is my time really consecrated to Him then? Can't I take five minutes? Or ten minutes to say, Lord, what would you like to say to this lady? Amen. I specifically felt there's some here yeah, that need some encouragement around your work. Uh, but before I get to that, First Corinthians 6, 12-15. All things are lawful to me, for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body, and and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? As we consecrate ourselves, you know, Paul writes, he says, we are no longer under the law. Everything is permissible, the other translation says, but not everything is beneficial. Consecrate ourselves again. and What we do with our bodies, how... Are we steward our time and our are we are we living in a place that that glorifies Christ in the way I steward my health in the way I steward my relationship in the way I go about life in terms of I've noticed this you know is it easier for me to get up early to go for a cycle and go and exercise, do something i really love or or at the end? Or is it easier for me to to get up early to to really press into God, into His presence, to hear from Him for the day? For me, that that point, if, if I'm noticing that there's a discrepancy there, it means that I need to again consecrate myself. I mean, I've seen this in my own life. Sometimes the stuff that takes over, and I'm more dedicated to those things—the sport or the thing or this or that which could be very healthy, and very blessed, but I'm, I'm not as dedicated to, or consecrated to the, co- to the cause of Christ, or to pressing into His presence. Amen? Okay, let's close. Yeah, um, Exodus 31, they were busy building the tabernacle, and the uh, Mo- Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name, uh, there's a bunch of very hectic names here, just bear with me, Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I filled him with I filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability design, intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze, and cutting stones for setting and carving wood to work in every craft. And behold, I've appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahishamak, of the tribe of Dan, and I've given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. I felt specifically there's a, the Lord wants to encourage us that whatever he has put before you to do this year, the good works that he has placed before us as a family, for, to, you, as, to each one of us, of us as individuals, he has anointed us. And he has given us ability and has given us skill. He has given us intelligence and knowledge and craftsmanship. And we can press into that provision. Amen? Press into that so that his name be glorified in our work, in your studies, whatever you are busy with, in your raising, your family, or in your whatever God has put before you in this season of your life, know that his grace abounds. His wisdom and his, what, the, what he has put in your hands is sufficient. Amen? So I felt there's a few people here specifically that need to take this word and say, Lord, thank you. I consecrate my work to you. Thank you that you have enabled me, you've anointed me, you've um, empowered me by your spirit to to see your name glorified in my in my physical work, not only in my relationships, not only in my my thoughts and words, but in my work. Amen. I want us to take some time. If we can get the communion ready, we're gonna Maybe we should make little groups along, and, uh, and we're going to pray specifically, maybe groups of three or four, maybe couples or families together, friends, as you're sitting. you are going to take a moment to take communion. If you need to go and pray in the mother's room, Henry Basil, that's also fine, you can do that. <laughs> we'll bring the communion around there as well. But let's, take, let's make little groups, and we're going to take a few moments. Um, to have communion together, to remember the Lord's, uh, the body of Christ that was broken for us, which speaks of His provision for us. On every imaginable level, He has made provision through His body. You guys can hand out, oh, thanks so much. And also the blood of Jesus that is sufficient. Um, and as we do that, Can I just have your attention just for one last moment? And I want to focus specifically to consecrate our thoughts, our our words, our deeds. And then from there, specifically around the deeds part, time, relationships, and work. And then whatever else you want to consecrate, go for it. But just to say, Lord, I, I choose again to set this apart for you, to give myself completely to you for your glory. Amen. Great. Let's do that. Let's make little groups. I'm going to actually pray as we start. I'm going to pray to close the service. Um, and then if you need prayer uh, afterwards, please uh, come to the front and we'll, we'll love to pray with you. Okay. am just going to close the service briefly. Father, we thank you that we can, as a we thank you for your word. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you that we can, as a as a body, as a family of believers, we we declare, Lord, that we consecrate ourselves to you. We are expectant of the wonders that you're going to do among us this year. We are expectant of your great grace. We are expectant of your goodness and your mercy that follow us every day of our lives. We are expectant, Lord, of your faithfulness that has gone before us and that comes behind us. But before we run into that, we say, Lord, we consecrate ourselves to you in our thoughts and words and deeds in every way. And Lord, we ask that even as we continue in these weeks, that we would live in a place of consecration, Lord, in a place that glorifies you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a need for prayer at the end, please stay behind and come to the front.